0: Hello, Minnesota Twins fans, and welcome to episode 14 of Minnesota Twins Chat. I am your host, Troy Larson, and we're going to have a returning guest, Don Wardwell, baseball's first blind broadcaster. We'll be back. He also hosts a podcast called The Baseball Wifer, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. But before we go to Don Wardwell, I would like to mention a few things before we do the interview that I recorded earlier today. I would like to first of all mention about some of the injuries the uh, Miss Twins have. Carlos de Crea, the uh, planter the fasciitis he has been experiencing VAD finally tore uh in monday's game against the cincinnati reds and what i'll mention about that is they're hoping that he'll be back in time for the start of the playoffs he so he's been placed on the uh il via injured list Or my dad and I like to call him on our episodes via Rocco List because Rocco Baldelli likes to utilize it a lot. And Bryce Lewis, he suffered a tight hamstring in the game Tuesday night. Uh, He was going to have an MRI earlier today. We don't know how that went or the results of that, but we should have more information by tomorrow. And, by the way, we have several Twins players rehabbing at St. Paul. Byron Buxton, I believe, was going to begin the rehab tonight. Uh, Joey Gallo is in St. Paul rehabbing. So is Nick Gordon. And then we have Brock Stewart, Jorge Alcala and Chris Paddock, um, pitchers rehabbing as well, with the St. Saint Paul Saints. So those those are just a few Twins nuggets I think that are important here to uh, discuss before we go to the interview. I will mention that the magic number is still one. Cleveland won earlier tonight, five to two. Over Baltimore, uh, unfortunately, Baltimore walked three batters and hit a batter in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Cleveland took advantage of that and won and uh, won the game five to two. It's so that's what happens, folks, when you when you walk several batters and hit a batter in an inning. It's never usually a good good outcome. So, and Detroit is currently leading Oakland. Six to nothing, and I think that's getting into the late innings. So now let's bring in Don Wardwell to discuss some baseball topics and the playoff picture that is coming up next here on Minnesota Twins Chat. Joining us once again here on Minnesota Twins Chat is my friend Don Wardwell to discuss some of the playoff races. Hi, Don. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Troy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just had to resolve some minor technical problems, and I think we are ready to go. Now, I think I think where I want to start with, Don, is where, when you look at the baseball season, what stands out to you about it?
1: Okay, going back to the very beginning of the season, it's been the, how much quicker the games are played now, the much quicker pace. You know, I I dug up some games from my vault and I listened to them and these are games from like 10 years ago, like 2012, 2013, and they really take forever, you know, compared to, you know, the games now. And even a basic two-to-one game could take as much as four hours under the old system. But now the the pitch clock has these games in less than two and a half hours in some cases. And even some of the longer games are barely touching three hours. And I love that. I love how much quicker the games are going on.
0: You know, Don, I'm a baseball purist and i will admit that i that the um that these games have definitely been uh taking less time you know i, I was a little skeptical of the pitch clock but but you know i, I will save a done i'm not sure how much in favor i am of banning the shift rule i don't th- i don't think i am at all with that um i'm probably a little skeptical I mean, I will admit that I think the limited the limiting of the pickoff throws to first base, or any base anyway, um, first, second, third, um, has definitely helped with base stealing. But I don't know. I'm I'm still one of those PR things, and I kind of wish Don and I don't know about you, but I wish we had not had to go down this path. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, you we would all like things to be the way they were in the 70s and 80s when those games were quicker organically. But it just doesn't work like that. You know, if you let these guys spend forever, the pitchers behind the mound, the batter stepping out of the batter's box, if you let them do that, that's what's going to happen. That's what has evolved over the decades and the generations. So now you have to legislate where you didn't used to have to, but if it makes a better pro- pro- product, I'll take it. I will too. You know, I, I
0: will admit, you know, I, I think overall baseball has improved the product from last year to this year, but you know, variables games won't small, that take well over three hours to play yet. Not too many, but variable games yet.
1: Well, most of those have a good reason, and that's because pitchers don't seem to realize that babe Ruth is dead you know that there's there's <laughs> it wouldn't be a crime for them to throw a pitch over the strike zone you know that that would be nice not walking seven or eight people you know during a game that's what is what's holding up the games more than anything else
0: agreed you know it's um you know it's it's all about via pitching. Now, when we, when we look at the playoffs, there's, one, there's a thing that stands out to me. There are at least five teams, Don. I don't know about your thoughts, um, but I will say my piece, even, I'll, even what you say, your piece. But there are five teams to me that stand out as disappointments. And I think the biggest ones are the New York Mets, the San Diego Padres, and the Chicago White Sox, to me, those are my three biggest disappointments. And you could also add them to St. Louis Cardinals and the, the New York Yankees as well. You know, they could be up there too, you know. And I know you're a, you're a New York Yankees fan, but um, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, the Mets and Yankees are number one and 1A on the disappointment chart. And the other teams are not as much of a disappointment as the Mets and Yankees are. You know, the San Diego Padres, well, they've always been the San Diego Padres, and no matter who they bring in and who puts on the uniform, they're going to be the San Diego Padres. So, you know, and the the White Sox, what what can I say? They've hoped and wished, and it's never worked for them. And even their hotshot, Lucas Giolito, They've now traded him a couple of times during the season, and no matter who he plays for, he hasn't done well. He was he was their biggest biggest pitcher, and I don't know about their biggest hitter, Luis Robert. I'm not sure what he's up to. Um, I know he has well over 30 home runs. I think it might be 35
0: or something, but I don't know. I don't remember for sure. But you know, the Twins did come off a series against the White Sox last
1: weekend, and. I don't, I don't think he did a whole lot against us. No. Um, the twins series against the rays was some, or, or against, was it the rays that they played the last few days? Oh, um, the reds. Um, the, the, be, the, yeah. Yeah. Reds. The twins Reds series was very exciting. I was listening to that, you know, throughout the three days. And, um, in fact, it was kind of neat. Um, I went in the ninth inning, I went from listening to the Reds when they were ahead three to two, I turned it into your guys, and golly, they got a three-run rally, and they ended up winning the game. Yep, they did, and... In fact, they got a big two-RBI hit to uh, win the game for the Twins. And I know it was Corey Probus. I don't know if Dan Gladden was on the uh, trip or if he wasn't. Uh, Gladden was
0: there. Uh, Probus only did the Red Series. Um, he was doing Big Ten football last weekend, so Chris Atterbury was filling in form.
1: Okay, I didn't hear any of the games before they went to Cincinnati. So now, what I am looking at, I uh, especially the National League, is one confusing mess. I mean, in the American League, I think I've got to look at it. You have, you have, Tampa Bay has the first wild card. They're behind Baltimore, correct? And so Tampa Bay would have the first wild card, and then you would have, um. Toronto. Toronto, and you have Texas and Seattle who are going to face each other this weekend for a three-game series. Yep, and, 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 Tex- of, and Texas and Seattle will be facing each other the, the next weekend, too. And so. as we're speaking to each other on Thursday the 21st, Texas has got the tiebreaker over Seattle, but if Seattle does some serious damage over the next few days that could change everything
0: that could definitely change everything and right now if the twins were to play out start to play today at home at target field they would be facing a texas
1: so and if you've never heard the seattle radio broadcasts with rick riz and they have several guys rick riz Sometimes Dave Sims, not often enough, because yep. I like him a lot. Yeah, he used uh, to do uh, football and basketball for Westwood One. Yeah, they have a guy, Aaron Goldsmith, and they have a guy, Gary Hill. So the Red, the Mariners have a bunch of guys broadcasting their games, and sometimes it's a little confusing knowing who's who. But And the other series I got a great kick out of was the Orioles against Houston in Houston, this past few days, and and yeah. the Orioles did pretty good in that series. I think they won two out of three, if I'm not mistaken. So it was 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 very exciting. Now, over in the National League, that's what I say is so confusing. Now the divisions are locked up. the The Braves have yep. clinched, and the Dodgers have clinched. So. I don't in fact if the Braves win all four against Washington they'll already have 100 wins. They've got 97 as we start, you know, talking on this program. And if they take a four-game sweep over Washington or even three out of four, they'll have 100 wins. Yep. And the this is where the the wild card becomes problematic cuz you have philadelphia yep they are 14 games behind the braves they are so inferior to the braves and yet they're four games ahead in the wild card race that's that's amazing and i don't know really i don't know if it's arizona cincinnati chicago or miami i it's just a confusing mess in the National League. Yeah, but
0: I have not really had an opportunity to look at their schedules coming up these next ten games. because back could tell me a lot where we're going to be headed. Um, I did look at the American League some, but um, I didn't. I didn't really have a chance to look for National League wildcard card winners. You know, we can. You know, I, I think Don. I guess the key to me, and I've said this before, is that American League West. You got Seattle playing. Texas six or six or seven times. Even Seattle also plays Houston. That right there, I think is going is going to sort out a lot of stuff, because right now they are separated by um, Houston's up on both Seattle and Texas by half a game. So it's 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 a log jam at American League West.
1: And whoever wins, those are going to be some fascinating games. Agreed. That's some serious listening. You know the. Houston announcers aren't half bad. Uh, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. You know, the only reason I've avoided them is because of, you know, my basic dislike of the Astros. But sometimes, you know, against certain teams, I will, you know, put them on, and they are good listening.
0: You know, it's kind of like me at the Cleveland Guardians announcers. I a lot of times if I'm listening to a Cleveland Guardians game, I tuned into Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse because, well, <laughs> let's face it, they are great broadcasters, and, you know, I don't want Cleveland to win,
1: but that's like you know, i got to listen to these guys. Cause they they are know. rock baseball. solid, and, you know, it's too bad. It looks like they're out of the picture entirely, and that's a pity because they would have been fun in the playoffs. Yep, they will um, start
0: – the, the magic number is one. So if Cleveland loses tonight against Baltimore, they um but the Twins are in the playoffs. I think the I think the the Detroit Tigers figure figure into it in a lesser degree, but they're only um a half game behind Cleveland. So um twins quit Quinch is already is tonight Don. And you know, I, I know you're high on the Reds. Let's go back to the Cincinnati Reds. The last time you and I spoke on this. You you liked the, red, the makeup of the Reds. Um, have you, how much have you followed them since we spoke in, back in mid-June?
1: I have followed them quite a bit. I was talking about the Reds twin series just this last few games, Yep. and I've listened to them quite a bit before that. They're a team which, if whoever's running the team now doesn't, tear it up and and sell all the talent they could do some serious damage in 2024 five, six. you know if they, they they're a year early now but they sure gave their audience a lot to hope for because this was a hundred lost team a year ago and when i booked my interview with john sadak their tv guy I assumed it was going to be all about John Sadak because he went to college where I did. I didn't think for one minute I was going to talk about the Reds because they lost a hundred games last year. But by the time the interview came up, which was mid-June, you know, we we had to book it months in advance because you know how tight major leaguer schedules are. Right. But I got a good look at the Reds the last the whole week leading up to the interview. I was listening to whatever Reds games I could, that's when Ellie Dela Cruz had just been promoted and they had uh, McLean and they had Will Benson and they had Andrew Abbott. These are all rookies and rookies, you know, the second, third, fourth year, you know, look out! You know, before they come up to arbitration, which is when a small market team like Cincinnati might have to get rid of them. But at least, I—I I mean, I don't know anything about the Cincinnati ownership. I can't imagine that they could be any worse than Marge, Marge shot a few decades ago. Um, I—I,
0: I, you know, I was, you know. I was listening to the series. You know, they were talking about a lot about uh, the twins broadcasters. Where they were talking a lot about that
1: Ellie, Ellie, Cruz. Yep. Um, and they should. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if he'd been around all year, he'd be Rookie of the Year material. Yeah, but well,
0: he wasn't. He was only brought up in June. Yep, yeah, he was only brought up in June. But it sounds like he's kind of tapered off since the All Star break. Um, and they were talking about, um. The 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 one thing they have been working on with him uh, is his fielding at shortstop because it sounds like the way he was fielding sometimes is he would he he would not only would he bring his glove hand down to you know field the ball but he would have his other hand bring his other hand down and he was trying to field it like a like a uh, like a uh, catcher and they feel that um well not I mean there's some talk wherever that David Cruz could be maybe move to center field someday um, we will see what red goes. you know they, the Reds do have a lot of prospects as you mentioned
1: Well you know there I could name a couple of scatterarm shortstops and um, and really not very good fielding shortstops who became exceptional center fielders and their names are Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle. They both started out as shortstops, if you can believe. I I might have known about
0: bad about Mickey Mantle, but I never known, known it about known bad about uh, Joel about Joe DiMaggio. But you know, I'm
1: talking about at the high school level. He was never a shortstop as a professional, but as a high school boy, you know he he was a he was a shortstop. But they they made an outfielder out of him even then when he went to the Pacific Coast League. And the biggest thing about Ellie Dela Cruz is his speed. He is faster than Blue Blazes. And as long as he doesn't get hurt, knock on wood, if he stays healthy, uh, he could do some incredible things on the Bates paths. I mean, he's already stolen second, third, and home in the same uh, at bat in, in one game early on when he was first brought up and he can do that once, he might do it again. So, yeah, well, we will see. Um,
0: so these last 10 or so days of the season done, what um,
1: what do you think is going to happen? Well, the best teams, Atlanta and L.A., they're just going to say their prayers that nobody else gets hurt who hasn't already gotten hurt. And especially in Los Angeles, that's a big deal because they've got numerous injured players. Atlanta's doing reasonably well as far as I know where yep. that's concerned. Yep. Now, um, they can't do what they would have done in the old days when they could bring the whole 40-man roster up and play nothing but rookies until... Uh, October 3rd. And I wish they could really because it would give a lot of guys a lot of chances to get healthy but the rules have changed and you can't do that anymore. So those two teams have to lay low and hope for the best. meantime um, and, and Minnesota is almost in that category because yep. w- once they cl- once they clinch, you know they, they haven't really had much of a contest. So once they clinch again, they should, you know, lay low and hope for the best.
0: Yep. Well, by uh, the way, Minnesota does have a lot of players rehabbing at, at their minor league team in Saint Paul at the uh, at the Saints. So okay, didn't know that. Yep. Well, I'm just filling it in on the listeners, and no probably update at the beginning of this episode what's going on. But it's
1: interesting to hear what will happen between Tampa Bay and Baltimore.
0: Well, yep. Um, By the way, Tampa Bay does face Toronto in the the last, um, like, I think six times in the last 10 or so games. I know Tampa Bay is playing the Los Angeles Angels as we speak. I don't know what the scores I'm at, but.
1: Yeah, that's a day game. So they'll play Toronto, presumably this weekend. Yep, this weekend.
0: And then next weekend, I think Tampa Bay plays Boston and Toronto plays the
1: Yankees. And, you know, Toronto, they do their fans a real disservice because their announcers, um, Ben Wagner, and as of late, Ben's sidekick has been Shannon, no, Madison Shipman, that's her name. and But they can't travel. And that is a disservice to their audience. So they have to broadcast if if they're away, if the team's in Tampa or anywhere else around the country, they have to broadcast from the the SN five ninety studios, which is as I say, a real disservice to the fans. But they're good announcers when they're home. Um, I listened to a recent series when Toronto was playing Texas, and Ben and Madison did a terrific job. Well, that's good.
0: Yeah, because I know Toronto slept. Uh, the Texas, uh, no, what was? Yeah, I think that's what it was last week. The Toronto slept. Yep, Toronto swept Texas, and Texas goes around and turns around and
1: they sleep Cleveland. Yeah. That, so, that was that was something, you know, I, I had Texas dead and buried after that Toronto series. And then what do they do? But They win six in a row. Yep. Well, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's you, wild. You just don't know what's going to happen.
0: And, and I think, Don, it's really hard to really p- predict where we're going to be at. Come, uh, Who's going to all be in the pool scene? I mean, I can tell you some things, but I can't tell you everything
1: right now. And I wouldn't have thought Toronto would stroll into Yankee Stadium, and they're looking at sweeping my Yankees in four straight. That rarely happens. As bad as the Yankees have been this year, I would never have thought Toronto would sweep them four straight. They've already won the first three, and they have a game tonight. So that would be four straight if they pull it off. In fact, Toronto's won five in a row, three over the Yankees and the last two against whoever they played over the weekend. But that's, a, that's brutal for the Yankees. And Michael King pitched really well last night for the Yankees, but he didn't get any hitting support. And then the bullpen gave up a bunch of runs. So it looked a lot worse than it was. Sure.
0: Um... So before we we, we uh, finish up this interview, um, I would like for you to plug your podcast. Uh, tell listeners about your podcast again and uh, any any uh, maybe special guests and uh,
1: where, where they can find that podcast. Yeah, the podcast I do is called The Baseball Lifer. And you can go to anywhere that you get podcasts and check for the Baseball Lifer, and you might want to use my own name, Don Wardlow, because there is another podcast that has a very similar name to The Baseball Lifer. So you want to make sure you have the right show. And if I'd known, I would have named my show something else. But now it's gone too far. I can't do that. Um, the next, let's say the the latest show that's up there now I put up on Friday last the 15th and that was with Evan Weiner and he is a sports journalist and he has a podcast called the the politics of sports business and he had a lot of interesting baseball stuff to talk about with me and tomorrow we've got a blind guy named Bryce Weiler and Bryce, after myself and after Enrique Olu, who broadcasts for Tampa Bay, Bryce became the third person to broadcast baseball, who was blind. Now, he's never done it for a team. He's never been employed by a team, but he's done a few games here and a few games there. Yep. He yeah. did some with with Baltimore earlier this year, and he did some... Uh, up out in Utah at the end of August, so, which is why I brought him on the show to talk about those games and what he does. He calls himself the, the disability consultant for the Orioles. And that was until I, I dealt with him. I'd never heard of that title. But he's trying to make a night at the ballpark a better experience for disabled people of all stripes—blind, deaf, whatever. Yep. So
0: check out the check out Don Woodrow's podcast for Baseball Wifer and I'll put a link to the podcast in the show notes. Well, Don, it was a pleasure having you back on. Um, we will maybe do something in the off season. Uh, we'll see what happens. Just follow the you know we'll just follow the
1: news headlines and see uh where it goes. Well, how yeah, that st- I'll be busy in October, I can tell you that. Postseason baseball always keeps me hopping.
0: Yeah, well, I don't plan on doing any shows in October unless the twins somehow make it deeper into the playoffs and then dad and I will probably do a show. But um yeah. Well, so- since they don't have to
1: play the Yankees, they might do it. You just don't know. You just don't know, you know. <laughs> you you I just mean, don't the, know. The Yankees used to, you know, pound on the twins, you know, and it's 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 not going to happen this year because the Yankees are barely out of last place. So I don't know exactly who you'd come up against. I think you said Texas if nothing changed.
0: Yeah, Texas if nothing changes. But I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of changes with yeah. those with those uh, last three wildcard teams in the. Uh, uh American League, and
1: and I'll listen to Corey and Dan and and the others. I'll, I'll li- I don't listen to the national broadcasts if I don't have to, since they got rid of John Miller and Joe Morgan. <laughs> well, you know there are a few national ESPN
0: radio announcers I will listen to, but it's not. Um, I mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> not the same as listening to the hometown guy.
0: No. No, I mean, uh, there are still some pretty good announcers yet in the Major League, so... You know it,
1: and there will continue to be so, I hope. Yep, I so, do too. But I do this too. has been fun as usual. Yep, well, thanks for joining me, Don, and
0: uh, we will do this again. Yep, I'll be there. Sounds good. That will do it for this episode of Miss What Twins Chat. I am Troy Larson, your host. My thanks to Don Wardwell for taking his time to be on this podcast once again. A couple of quick things to mention before I sign off. If you'd like to email via podcast, you can do so. The email address is mntwinschat, the number 48, at gmail.com. That is mntwinschat, the number 48, at gmail.com. And also... Be sure to subscribe to however you found this podcast to wherever you're listening to this podcast on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify. I know I can be found on Amazon Alexa enabled devices. So it's there as well, and you can find it on TuneIn. There's several apps you can find it on. So and also look for Minnesota Twins chat on Facebook. Um I do have a Facebook page for this show. I don't do a whole lot on there, but sometimes I have taken parts of episodes and created audiograms out of them. Now for my guest, Don Wardwell. I am Troy Larson. So on everybody.